You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on Podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network. There's a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that we all love to frolic about in our free time. Now, thank you for tuning in to this very special episode. It's very special because of my guest. Uh, things went great. This has been long in the plannings of a Tom King month, and there's no better way to, um, what do you want to say, cap it off than with the main man himself. He's an Eisner-winning writer. He's written for books such as Sheriff of Babylon, Mr. Miracle, uh, Human Target, Vision, Gotham City, Year One. But this is a Batman podcast, so of course we got to talk about his Batman run. No, it's not Tom Taylor. It's Tom King. Tom, <laughs> welcome to the Batman Book Club. What a pleasure to be here. Uh, but before I start, let me just compliment you and thank you for doing this and for getting people out there reading comics and reading Batman comics, which are the oh, best sure. comics. So yes. well, you're 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 doing God's and nerd God's work. <laughs> it is greatly appreciated by us comic book creators. Thank you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for the content. Um you're you coming on to the Batman title actually got me into reading some other books that I probably wouldn't have otherwise visited. So some of the other works, you know, like you did uh, with Mr. Miracle and Vision, and I uh, wholeheartedly loved uh, Vision. Not saying I didn't like Mr. Miracle. It was just Vision just kind of, I think, knocked me on my ass a little bit. I just like, wow, this was this was great. So and then, of course, uh, Strange Adventures. I zero knowledge of Adam <laughs> Strange. I had zero and went into that book. And yeah, and, and I've come out like knowing just a little bit more now. So um yeah, you're doing you two are doing the Lords and the Nerds work. So thank you. Tom. I've I appreciate I have had a bizarre career where I've written oh, I think I've written more Batman than anyone alive. It's like me and Chuck mm -hmm. Dixon are going one on one, but I'm still going. <laughs> uh but I'm more known for these like little projects than I am for yeah. all the copious amounts of Batman that I've that I've written all these volumes of Batman well before we get into into the meat and potatoes though since this is your first time on the show I have to ask you what is your favorite Batman story oh you're gonna be so disappointed I'm no uh, wrong answer no there is a wrong answer and I'm gonna say <laughs> it because it's like saying what's your favorite cheese you want in a burger it's like American okay great what's this point? yes no I, I I'm a Frank Miller guy I love Dark Knight Returns um uh, I, I was gonna guess as you were starting to <laughs> set that up I'm like Dark Knight Returns is he leaning Dark Knight Returns <laughs> that's that's um that that's it's the least obscure thing you can you can like as a Batman fan I do like it more than year one I know there's there's lots of people who like year one more I think Dark Knight mm -hmm. Returns is, is is number one for me um uh and then af after those two I'd probably go to uh, I, I love the Inglehart Marshall famous detective run. Yes. So it has different names, but those nine issues I think are just perfect Batman mm -hmm. comics. 
Um, and then, you know, I, I love uh, the various uh, Tim Sale uh, lobe properties, of oh, yeah. course. Um, and uh, and after that, yeah, there's there's a, a huge list. But but uh, and then, you know, the a killing joke, Alan Moore, I know he's sort of mm-hmm. he doesn't love that project. I personally think it's wonderful. <laughs> he's the only uh, one who doesn't like yeah, it. He's the only joke, one who doesn't like it. I, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, if you say, wait, what you, you ask a, a, a guy in his 40, what his favorite comics are, and he names Alan Moore and Frank Miller as his favorites. It's just the most boring thing you can yeah. say, but, yeah. but it's, it's, it's still true for me. Yeah. Great. Did you dive into Dark Knight Returns as it was coming out? Did you get to experience it at that time? I'm a little young for that. Okay. I got it. I, my first Batman comics, um, uh, were... Uh, Aparo, Starlin, uh, um, uh, uh, Jason Todd's death. Um, okay. Where, where Joker was an Iranian uh, embassy official in the very mm, bizarre oh, yeah. comics. But those, 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 were the, <laughs> those, those were the first Batman comics I bought off the shelf, which is just like, that's got to be like 89, 88, 89. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like two, two years, or, two or three years after I missed it. No, I read, I read DKR in, in trade when I was probably, 10 or 11 years old and then i had this tradition growing up i i had a bunk bed i used to share room with my brother but he moved to his own room room but i had the leftover bunk bed and i would sleep on the bottom bunk but during christmas break i would go into the top bunk and i would take my two favorite comics with me which which were dark knight returns and daredevil both of which were by frank miller but i was too dumb to realize it because <laughs> his, his style is so different between those two books like he's yeah. much more abstract and I, I would reread those every single Christmas. It was like my tradition from the time I was 10 to the time I was 17. Just once a year, I would reread those books because I, I just wow. I thought they were just the pinnacle of comics. Wow. Great. Um, man, so I got now I know I, Frank Miller. He's like a friend of mine. It's very bizarre. Life how weird is how crazy is that? Yeah, it's very. How's crazy. that feel? No, did, do you ever did you ever have to really hold back from just being like, OK, I can't like geek out. I got to play this cool with him or did you just hit him right up of like i have so many questions sorry i love dark knight returns <laughs> no i geeked out for moment one uh i've known him for what like seven years now so i think it took me probably four years where i could kind of not stop immediately geeking out yeah and i still kind of geek out to frank um i mean that's the that's the key to frank in talking to him because he can he can shut down pretty quickly because he's just had the same conversation so many times, sure. but he's, he's a deep nerd about comics. That's like where he loves. So if you start talking to him about Neil Adams or Gil Kane or stuff, then he starts perking up. So uh, that's to say, Frank doesn't want to talk about his own stuff. I finally realized that. So it was like, there was just limited time to me saying like, I can't believe, did you know Dark Knight Returns was on a 16 <laughs> panel grid? He's like, yes, I fucking did it. I know. What... <laughs> You're not no, I was completely unaware. Little kid. Yeah, I was complete... um, but it's also bizarre because, um frank was 29 when dkr came out like he was about to turn 30 that's why he did it because he wanted a batman that was older than him so he projected batman forward because he always thought of batman is 30 so frank even though he's like to me a god of my childhood he's not that much older than me he was just so young when he hit his mm-hmm. when he hit his stride so he's only you know in his 60s i mean he's he's, he's still uh, i think got years ago when it came out when he said that about a batman older than him uh, that's actually stuck in my mind as well. And I I thought about that as far as like the live action Batman. And I am uh, 36. And I think Robert Pattinson is like six months older than me. <laughs> and so I'm like, I think this is this is the last time 
that a Batman is going to be older than me, everything after this is going to change. So whenever the next Batman comes along, it's like, he's going to be, he's going to be younger than me. This is, this is how Frank Miller felt. So (laughs) thank you, Frank Miller. (laughs) I I think of Batman in his late thirties, like 38, 39. That's kind of how I have Batman in my head to have gone through so many Robins and for Dick to have been, 10 and now to be 21 you know like mm-hmm. that's how i i kind of think of him as being but of course as you get older you, you make batman older but now I, I can't lie to myself batman is definitely younger than i am he's so. younger. <laughs> um all right well let's just, let's dive in let's talk about um can you believe it like that that is some of your batman <laughs> yes yeah, so uh, for people cool. who don't know it goes it goes black <laughs> after the wedding that's what it's i think the design people were, were upset with the wedding decision okay yeah so I mean, some people have wondered that uh, too, and I think I think I saw you uh, comment to somebody when these deluxe editions had come out. Of the first three are white, the last three are black. Any idea why the change up, or was that what was relayed to you of like the wedding? Because it was you know it was a dark period, so that's just how they justified it. it these are nerd questions, of course. Most people are like, who cares? But <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a question that occurs to me. Also, the first two volumes are glossy paper, then it switches yeah. to paper paper. Mm-hmm. Um, paper paper. That's a paper paper term in comics. Yes. Yeah, paper paper. <laughs> Some people know what I'm talking about. Glossy yeah. paper versus paper paper. They understand. Uh, no, I have no idea. Uh, I, I just get them in the ma- in in the mail. Uh, they don't consult me on those. I, I've no one's ever offered me an explanation. Um, whenever I talk to the trade people, there's like thirty of them who do, it and they always blame it on the other guy. Sure. Uh, so so yeah, I, I have no idea if 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 that was you know a design thing. I there was some thinking. I did hear this now that you mention it. Um, that the trades for rebirth did not sell as well as the trades for new 52 at the gotcha. time and didio who was mm-hmm. you know, obviously the head of dc comics for a long time felt that one theory he had of why that wasn't selling was because the trade dress was all white they had gone with an all white trade dress and he hmm. said the white doesn't appeal to consumers so i think it i think at some point that became a don't do all white trade dresses anymore because if you look at the the rebirth, all the first trade dresses for the first three volumes of everything are all white. And yeah. then I think they got away from that. So I do think it was it was actually Didio had some, I don't know if a, if a marketing guy told him that or it was his own gut instinct, but he decided that white doesn't sell to, to comic book consumers. So we're going away. Well, for six books total, at least they did it at an even number of three and three instead of like yes. five and one or something, you know? So it, it'll at least, it's it hasn't bothered me. Actually, what bothered bothered me more was in getting these of it wasn't a there wasn't a definite definite answer definitive answer that oh yeah we're gonna make sure that we get all of tom king's run and released in deluxe edition so i got the first in which uh is actually funny from my my personal twitter account i think i'd i tag you when i get a hold of one and then it's it is like a, a crowning achievement for tom king to claim you a nerd uh, on Twitter, <laughs> it's like a, a badge of honor. Uh, but I mean it in the nicest way. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but it was like, okay, when are we gonna get another one? Are we gonna get a next one? And it really felt like this last volume six w- took a while. And I know they first released like City of Bane, I think in uh, was it in multiple trades, and then I got collecting yeah, the multiple whole thing trades the trade. and it got a whole trade and then it got a hard no it, no it got two hard covers and then a big single trade and okay yeah it was and very the, I was nervous. the city of bane release was very bizarre how they did it and yeah. then i was nervous too that that final volume would 
wouldn't come out. And I think it was actual demand on Twitter. I don't know. They just forgot her. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we have to do that. And then they they did it. Yeah, but it, maybe it, they listened it to was, me. <laughs> it, it could have been your 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 actual tweet. Um, I have survived by Twitter pressure. As much as people take Twitter, like my Omega Men series got canceled, and then Twitter responded, and they and Jim Lee was nice. literally you know renewed it based on Twitter responses. So um, thank you, people who said that because I love that volume. I love having the full collection of it. Yeah, yeah. it would have really made me sad to have. Because I just couldn't do it. I mean, they already split the colors enough um, to then go of like five hardcovers and then a trade of City of Bane or no, something. You know, awful, I'm like, oh, no, I awful. need this hardcover. No. I need this hardcover. Come on. And then, yeah, it finally got announced. And I, I mean, I got it right away. And yeah, it's uh, it's lovely. And also I'm hardcover over um, no. soft. Also I, paper paper over glossy. So you're um, paper paper over glossy. I like paper paper on trades. Yeah, I think that looks nice because the coloring looks a little nicer. But on oversized hardcovers, I like glossy. You were doing okay. That's I, I distinguish somehow between the two because I came when I came back into comics in the early aughts, uh, I was collecting almost all oversized hardcovers because Marvel was doing these oversized hardcover collections of Ultimate X Men and Image started doing Invincible and I, that's where I got and I was like I love them they're big and glossy mm-hmm. and I just. So I I do wish they would do them on glossy paper. That'd be my only complaint for the oversized on on sure. the on the trades. Okay. I mean, it all has to do with in the last five or 10 years, uh, a paper stock has gone up so much that they're trying to mm-hmm. save money. It's all has yeah. to do with the economy. It's all stuff. money. It's always down to money. Every, right. <laughs> the answer to all your questions is money. <laughs> Everything down to money. Um, I have a ton of questions for you here. I'm, uh, I'm here. Not, I'm ready. Not about money, though. Not about oh, money sweet. at all. Sweet. Um, basically, I mean, just mostly about, I mean, the Batman run of all the backstory with that, I guess, I mean, we can start at the very beginning of how did you get involved? Because anybody, I think for the popularity of that new 52 Batman run with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, anybody who's going to follow that, at least from a fan's perspective, it seemed like that was a massive hit Um, run. Anybody to follow those steps has to be a little intimidating. So how did you get involved in taking on the rebirth Batman? I'm still intimidated by it. I'm still, I still think in my head of Scott being uh, the definitive Batman writer. And I see that as a very competitive, ambitious human being sure. who, 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 will, who will fight anyone for any page. Um, but like when, when people come up to me and they bring, you know, like bat stuff, like here's my bat statue, here's my book of Batman. They're like, you're, mm-hmm. I always say like, no, don't you mean that for Scott? He's the Batman guy. <laughs> like bring me the Mr. Miracle toy. I don't, I thought that was like, no, Tom, you wrote Batman for five years of your life. You're still writing him. Yeah, uh, you sold. I mean, uh, uh, we sold a ton of comics, um, but uh, it started a lot of a lot of luck, a lot of being in the right place at the right time. Um, I had written m- most people who come on Batman sort of traditionally, or if you want to sort of get in line, you know, you, you write one of the um, the family titles, and I'd written Grace in a family title um, with with Tim Seeley, and as New Fifty Two started. I'm going to get some of these details wrong, but this is sort of my memory of it. Um, they were, I, I had done well on Grayson and uh, Vision had become a bigger hit. Vision was like my big breakthrough comic. And so they're like, Tom, you can come on Detective with New 52, which was quite a promotion. I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God. You know, I'd only been comics for a year and a half by then to then be writing Detective Comics was crazy, right? Yeah. And so I, I was super excited about that. And, um, because James is also in the mix still back then. And uh, and then Scott decided, because Scott was supposed to do Batman, he decided 
Capullo jumped off to do the image book with Mark Miller. And Scott said, I don't want to do a double ship book because he'd always been with Capullo without Capullo. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, I'll do a single ship book. And, and Dan's like, we, we have to double ship Batman. That's like one of the things we have to do. And so Scott said, I'm not, he's, he said, no, I'm doing, I'm going to do a single. And he grabbed a JRJR, who's obviously huge. And they're going to do a, so, so at that point, Dan said, that can't be Batman. That has to be something else. We don't have a Batman writer was right about to go in. Who do we have? And so I was on detective. And so they shifted me over to Batman. And suddenly instead of being a year and a half till I got detective, it was a year and a half till I got DC's biggest book. Yeah. And wow. Uh, yeah, I remember when they announced it, I looked at my, you know, at the time I had, you know, whatever, I, I still remember I had 6,000 Twitter followers. And you now by the end of Batman, I had 150,000. So, like, you know, it's like, it, wow. I mean, it, it's a whole different level of everything when you're on Batman. And and also, we, you know, we were doing the a Batman number one, which is only the third time Batman number one's ever been done. Um, but at that, may this happen to you in your life because it was joyous. Uh, Marvel was also coming after me because, again, because of vision. Everything's because of vision. Vision yeah. became a. Uh, and so they had offered me a big con they'd offered me a big contract and a bunch of big books. And I had to decide if I was going to do Batman or Marvel. I couldn't do both. It had, it had to be exclusive contract. Was it just Marvel in general or was there a specific direction? They offered... Just curious. No, no, it's a good question. I mean, this is where this is 2016. So we're quite a yeah. ways back. Uh, <laughs> Only seven years. <laughs> I know, but it's, it just gets longer. Every, it just gets farther sure. back every year. Yeah. Um, uh, they had offered me, like, I mean, this is Axel Alonso, uh, yeah, some some Star Wars book, and and um, Walter and I, who had done Vision, we were going to do a series of twelve issue specials. We're going to do a, a, I've said this other way, but a Fantastic Four and then a Power Pack, <laughs> like like a trilogy of family was going to be called. Nice. Um, and then just on one day uh, in this very office I'm sitting in, I decided to write Batman number one on spec to see if I could. And I turned it into the editor, Mark Doyle, a brilliant editor who's now at IDW. And he, he loved it. Uh, and I, I was like, well, I, I, and I, I literally was like, well, I just want to see this issue just because I like this issue, the issue where he's flying on the plane. Um, and yeah, and then that's when I said yes. And then Scott and I ended up doing the Rebirth special together. And then I was on Batman 1 and it was Double Shift, me and David Finch, you know, off to the races. Oof. <laughs> and boy, and let me just Double say, shift. and I slipped on a banana on my first try. <laughs> The first oh, arc is my least is my least favorite arc of the whole thing. Oh, okay. Uh interesting. Because as connective tissue almost throughout your entire run too with uh with Claire Clover. Yes, Claire Clover, named after my daughter Claire. Nice. Um and I I have in her office I have a David Finch splash with Gotham Girl on it, and I have a Clay Man splash with Gotham Girl on it. Oh, right that's on, cool. Up in uh, her office, her bedroom. She's just uh, my <laughs> in her office. In her office. Who's now she's now 12. You know, she was just a little thing back then. So with taking on something like that, is it is it discussed early on? And I know nothing it just kind of feels like nothing is definitive these days. But was it seen as Tom, you're in this for the long haul? Hey, we're gonna commit to you know, six months, a year. What's the proposal to you when you sign on to Batman? Uh, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it's no different than today. It's like, if, as long as it sells, you can be on it was sort of the, the deal um, that didn't turn out to be the deal in the end, but, but, and I was like, I want to do a hundred issues. I wanted to, mm -hmm. from the very beginning, I was like, I'm going to do a hundred issues. Um, and it's, it seemed possible because it was double shift. So a hundred issues was only five years instead of 10 years. Um and uh, and Scott had only, Scott had done fifty 
one because he didn't do the last one. James did the last one. Um, so it, it, it was it was big in scope from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I had a general vision of what it would be. And it sort of got closer and closer. You know, once I, I knew it would be about Batman Catwoman, I didn't realize how much it would be about Batman Catwoman as soon as I saw their sort of chemistry. And that, that became sort of the defining center of the series. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, I mean, that's perfect. As I was going to say of, as long as it sells, you can stay on Batman. So you had a general idea of what you want to do over the whole series. When does that vision fully come into play as far as, I mean, at the at the front, I think I said this two episodes ago with our uh, mutual friend, Mike Cronenberg. Um, oh, I love Mike Cronenberg. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, a, a genius when it comes to comic book knowledge, nerd knowledge. Um, yeah. But back, like Batcat, that, of course, feels like the instantly recognizable thing for Tom King's Batman run is Batcat. Um, but there, I mean, you can almost say in the shadows, you know, is Bane kind of also haunts that whole run, too, I think. And I just did a rerun of all of all of uh, these issues, um, probably November and December. And I mean, it really does read through really, really well awesome. in which mission accomplished, you know, from my perspective of it seems like this was the plan all along. Like from issue one, this is what Tom King was planning on. And then when you break it down, it kind of seems like, oh, wow, did did you really have that vision for it to be like this? Or were you kind of figuring it out, connecting as you were going along? I, mean, I had a general plan which was i mean i always wanted bane to be the big bad i wanted there to be one mm -hmm. bad that gone over gone over everything and scott had done so much joker like and, yeah. and definitive wonderful joker scott and greg had just really that's where the heart of their series was was this joker batman relationship and it even ended with the two of them sitting on a bench and sort of discussing everything mm -hmm. uh and and so i didn't want it to be joker who's the obvious villain and i uh, was talking to andy corey an editor at dc comics at the time and we were talking about possible villains and he's the one who proposed Bane to me. And I was like, Bane, oh man, he's, you know, I was thinking of the movie. And even though I had grown up on those comics, like, like the, the Bane Breaks Batman was like, I remember when I read that, I was at a McDonald's by myself outside my <laughs> comic book shop, eating a Big Mac. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, and so, but he's like, he, he, I for, he gave me Bane's origin story, which I had sort of forgotten out of my mind. I was like, oh yeah, he was, grew up in a prison. He's like, no, he lived in a prison by himself for 17 years. And every night the, the prison cell flooded and I got this vision of this, this kid stuck in this cell for 17 years, just the willpower to survive. And I was like, that's my guy. Cause he's, cause Joker can match Batman on crazy. Riddler can match Batman on intelligence. Um, Penguin can match Batman on sort of planning, but Bane matches Batman on willpower. And I thought that's what Batman's real power is, is his willpower is never to give up. And that's what they, mm -hmm. That's when you have the rock, you know, the, the immovable object, nothing that has to move it. Uh, oh, my wife's here saying hi. Uh, <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so so that became, so Bane became the bad guy. I knew that would be the big bad from the beginning. And um, and, and also trying to, again, differentiate myself from Scott. Scott had done so many great things, um, but he'd, done, he, he'd gone sort of, more of a science fiction Batman. If people remember by the end of Scott's run, Batman was downloading his body into different things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, there were, you know, big mecha battles and stuff like that. Uh, and so I was, I was, I was like, okay, my Batman's going to have, we're going to D not a lot of tech. Uh, after the first arc, 
he only uses a batarang um and a, and a rope gun basically for the rest of the for match he doesn't use he's never a robot he's never iron man he's always batman mm-hmm. thought that was a big thing and the the other thing scott scott had done a little bit of romance but not a lot he sort of introduced a, a little romance character but he hadn't sort of emphasized that part he'd done horror he'd done this and i was like i'm gonna do romance that's the stuff that's missing because i watched some old batman 66 episodes and boy my god um, I mean, the, the, the chemistry between Catwoman and Batman and those old things. I mean, it's goofy and silly, but it's also sexy yeah. as hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so uh, I was like, I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna lean into that. So those are sort of my three things: like a simplified Batman, a back to basics Batman uh, with Bane as the big villain, and a romance between Catwoman. And I carried this whole thing. And then the plan was, and always was, was this W shape, where you sort of. Um, it's like it's like i establish who batman is i sort of get him to a, i get him to a place for the first 25 issues this is what you're looking at this is what, here's the bane here's all the characters put all the characters on the board and then for the next and that was at issue 24 which is the engagement and for the next 25 issues i raise him up i raise him up to the highest point he's ever been in terms of happiness in terms of how much he likes being his life and that's the 50 where the wedding was wedding goes badly then he crashes down for 25 issues that's when bane's plan kicks in and bane's kicking his ass and he's you know getting hit and hit and hit until he's like completely shattered and that's where 75 was and then 75 to 100 was gonna be the climb back up to happiness uh, ending at 100 in the wedding so that was always the plan sort of zigzag wow i hadn't thought about that before instead it's almost like uh characterized a little bit of there's pre-wedding wedding wedding, post-wedding to me but i think yeah when i reread this time it's the focus on the Batcat relationship came in earlier than I remembered it. Um, so it totally makes sense. Of, yeah. How, what you just said of like the establishment and like the, the W um, I had a friend who kind of questioned me. Who's a big uh, Bane fan because I said in, is your last issue or episode or the one before it, where I said that I just, I feel like nightfall was Bane's massive entrance introduction um, but then I think I worded it and I never know if I articulated something well or not. Uh, probably not. Uh, but like almost as if didn't know what to do with Bane. Um, and maybe that's just because, you know, he steps up to this, to the plate and hits a grand slam to win the world series. Oh, Anything sure. after that is not as good, you know? So that's his intro. And then I just don't feel like there's been many definitive Bane stories, like big Bane stories, which I know right now, the, one bad day initiative kind of is to try and do that for villains. Um, yeah. And I said, now like your, your run, I think it provides some of those big Bane stories with, I mean, I am suicide. I feel like you can't get, I am Bane without, I am suicide. Um, yeah. You can't get city of Bane without <laughs> I am Bane yeah. and I am suicide. But I mean, they are arcs that I think there's stories for Bane that I think, there's more than just nightfall with Bane. Yeah. I, I mean, Bane had gotten caught up in uh, a lot of different things. Number one, he was a creature of the nineties. So by the time I started on comics, people were rejecting all sort of the nineties tropes, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the sort of Rob Liefeld of it all too many patches, too big muscles, you know? Um, and another thing is, is people have sort of told the two great Bane stories. The one Bane beats Batman and the other is like the story of Venom, like that O'Neill story where, where mm-hmm. Batman takes Venom and gets drugs. And like all the, those are the two perfect Bane stories that have already been told. So people didn't sort of know how to tell new stories once the kind of ideals have been met. 
sort of like I didn't know how to tell Joker stories after Scott had told Julian Joker stories. I, I noticed uh, that as well. It, it, it makes sense too how you said with as much as New 52 Batman used Joker uh, very effectively because I think Death of the Family is one of my favorite Joker stories. Yeah, it's great. And I think Endgame is a great sequel to that story. Um, that it, I noticed that in the villains that you do touch in your run, there isn't much Joker. Of course, he's used at times, but I don't think you didn't make it. Oh, the, you know, it's Batman and then it's Joker and then Catwoman for your run. I mean, Joker is a very in movie credits. He'd be and the Joker, like the last <laughs> <laughs> the last actor named um, in that. But he's used effectively, I think so. I mean, I'm. I guess I appreciate as much as Joker's my favorite Batman villain. Uh, I appreciate his absence in these 85 issues. I I love Joker, and and he's probably you know the maybe the second most popular character in DC Comics after Batman. I mean, if you had to maybe. be honest, yeah. I mean, he, uh, I mean, unlike a lot of DC Comics character, he has a billion dollar movie. You know, like that's mm-hmm. something that happened. Um. Uh, so, but. I mean, first of all, I mean, I did use him a lot. I mean, let's not, I mean, I did a whole arc called The War of Jokes and Riddles. Uh, he he was the catalyst to the wedding go, going off. And he's the star of the sort of Batcat series, which is to me the sort mm-hmm. of end of the whole thing. So, so I'm not going to say I, I I used him sparingly because he he was in there. But yeah, it, it did seem like uh, uh, he needed to be uh, rethought. Like I, I feel like yeah. he, if you use a character too much, he gets to be boring. He gets to be dull. Um, and also my, my conception of the Joker is sort of an agent of utter chaos, someone who doesn't who could press a button blowing up the world or press a button that makes him fart and doesn't care which one he presses that day. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, that's not a he's, he's not the big planner. He's not like I have a great scheme. I, I, I was thinking of him as sort of, um, you know, just just like like dropping a nuclear bomb in the middle of your story. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's pure evil. Just as, as Batman is pure organization, he's pure chaos. Um, like so, the DC, so. the DC Nation short story with him, where he showed <laughs> That's up. One at, of my favorites, yeah. Is it poor? Is his name? Is it Mark? Uh, Joe or Joe or yeah, Mark Martell, something like Martello, something, something like that. Right? That poor guy, and he's just that like, well, why guy, would you yeah. think the invitation would get sent here? Is like, well, it needs to show up somewhere at some time or someplace. Yeah. <laughs> so this is someplace, and this is sometime, and it's so weird because it's and it's like evil but you i mean that's like a perfect voice for joker because it's like i mean that makes sense but it's absurd and then it just brings him complete joy in the sense of like right at the very end and and pop him off i just think like oh man uh i love that little that little short expertly illustrated by um clayman draws my favorite joker my apologies to all the incredible joker artists ever but Mm. but just something he does with the eyes it really honestly scares me he just just showed me a joker image this morning (laughs) these these little pupils that he puts in there that just like see into your soul he draws my favorite joker clay um okay i'm gonna turn to it i know this because i (laughs) seriously i thought of that as i was looking at over in his Roger, I apologize. I don't know where Mark came from. Got Mark Wade <laughs> on the brain, maybe. It's but, all right. Hey, Roger, did you hear the one about the letter that didn't have a stamp? And Roger says no. And he goes, eh, you wouldn't get it. And then the next panel is that turn with those pupils. Yes. And yes. it's like, that's freaking oh, horrifying. That's horrifying. Like, that's in a horror movie right there of like just that quick, like, you know, kind of <laughs> like, ah. 
yeah that, that was tough when i was explaining it to the editors i was like so he's just in this random guy's house and he's torturing me. He's like why is he torturing me? i was like oh no joker doesn't need a why he doesn't need yeah. a reason he doesn't want money it's he doesn't joker. yeah he <laughs> he doesn't want to prove a point he doesn't want he doesn't he's when you're a writer what you do but like part almost like the definition of your profession is um, you balance people's motivation against other people's motivation. Mm-hmm. Why is this guy in this room at this time? Why is he walking to the door? Why is he throwing this? Why is he on the ground? Like what in his brain made him want to be in this situation? Um, and that's true. You know, why is Batman Batman? Cause his parents died. Why is Superman Superman? Because he's, he's, he's planning to up. But then you say, why is Joker do he's not unlike any other character because there is no answer. Why, why does Joker go to this random mm-hmm. guy's house and kill him? for no reason at all no he doesn't do it for a reason it's, it's not because he was sad about this guy or hated this guy or anything he's just like man this idea it's... popped in my head and so i'm gonna kill him and that's mm-hmm. horribly frightening that makes him that, that 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 makes him joker and unique and terrible in my mind in the best man two-parter where he's talking to selena as they're both laying there and he mentions about how he likes harvey uh yeah. i think that that so what you just said is the reason I just thought of that part because I think Joker loves as was, I think demonstrated perfectly in the dark Knight, loves that idea that somebody is just like, I'll just leave the decision up to the flip of a coin. Yeah. So the Joker being a little fascinated with a character like that makes total sense. And how like, I don't know, like as close as Joker could get, have an ally like two face would be his ally just because he's like, I love your absurd existence is based on the flip of a coin. (laughs) <laughs> yes so that, that that's what joker loves about two-face is that he flips a coin and, and, and what he loves about riddler is that he's always gets caught what he loves he doesn't love people for the thing the reasons we love them he loves them for the absurdity and for the joke yeah. of the whole thing he loves penguin because he has a long nose and it looks funny when he gets punched <laughs> you know what's it's the like deal with umbrellas yeah, yeah what's the deal with the umbrellas? penguins don't have umbrellas it makes no sense yeah. uh so let's say when so you you touched on as a writer and how much of a, I mean, this isn't like a, you know, throwing anybody under the bus, but you have somebody to answer to with ideas where you want stories to go and such sure. like that is what's the, I guess, what's that whole process like? Because I always get really interested and some people like to keep the mystery there. And I totally understand that. I'm interested in knowing like, well, no, there's a long journey before we get that issue in our hands and we're reading it. So as far as you coming up with the ideas and writing the scripts, like who do you have to answer to, to almost in a sense, whether it is get approval or just have somebody check the right box to continue the process. What's that like? I mean, it's a stupid answer that you're not going to like, but it's really, it depends. Uh, <laughs> well, it answered my question. So there we go. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely situational. It's, it's where you are. It's what you're working on. It's who your editor is. Um, it's who you are as a creator. It's your track record. Uh, whether they trust you, whether they don't trust you. Uh, I mean, I can, I can, you know, speak for me personally or, or me in certain situations of my career. Um, but, you know, right now I, I have very free reign. You know, t- I mean, typically for the last, after I, after I wrote Batman 85, I, up to, I don't know, what, this summer, I haven't worked on anything that's sort of in continuity ongoing. I, I do in continuity things, um, but they're kind of side stories. They're, you know, like the killing joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I've been doing that for like three or four years. And I, I get, you know, I pitch them. We just we talk about them with the with the. I have fantastic editors I work with Ben Abernathy, Brittany Holzer. We talk about them, but basically I, I have I have free free reign um, to, to go great. where I want to go with the stories, which is wonderful. But I mean, but 
the, the reason is because I've been in this industry for 10 years and I, I've, you know, uh, I've sold, fi- you know, comics have sold 500,000. I've won awards. I, I'm very good with my deadlines. Um, they know I'm not going to do something that's horribly offensive. You know, I, I mm-hmm. have a track record to sort of, to get it done. You know, you have to, you have to sort of earn that. Um, uh, but also you, it's also hard because in the beginning of your career, when you haven't earned it, there's times you need to learn to, when to push back and when not to push back. So you can have your own voice, but not go crazy. Did you ever have to, is there anything of note that you really had to push to fight for, for, uh, for the Batman run? Uh, so I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, I mean, it's a whole saga of, of why it ends at 85 and why, and how the wedding goes and all that stuff and why the wedding is not, in the comic like it was supposed to be so i mean that was that was a whole push um were there things that i had to push for that are actually in the run um uh, i mean there there i mean there's there's stuff like uh clay man i mean who i think is one of the great artists he he was not established when he first came on batman i had a fight to get him on i, I thought he could do an amazing job and he did mm-hmm. he came out with batman 24 for the engagement issue and nailed it right out of the park and then you know, did these, you know, tight men issues and then did everyone's favorite. The the double date issue, which is everyone's favorite comic, uh, maybe my favorite comic I've ever written. Um, it's it's the one I signed the most, which is crazy because I've written a Batman number one. They bring me Batman 37 instead. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, DC hated that. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah. that was, it was, they did not want to do it when I proposed it. Uh, after I wrote it, I got a I got a, a a nasty gram from 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 being like never do this again. This is not who we did. It. You know, they were, like my most successful issue was despised, and I had to fight very wow. hard to get that one little double date issue. Because there's it's I mean there's there's vi- I mean there's violence in it. There's robbery and stuff, but they're like this is not Batman. This is just um, sure. So so th- there was that sort of thing, um, and there were there were battles I lost uh, that you can see in the issue. Um, uh, uh, in the beginning, the 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 uh, Batman's father, you know, this this sort of um, the, the dark Batman, or um, uh, he he was not supposed to be as big a character as he became towards the end. He was more supposed to be the uh, the Darth Vader to Bane's emperor, if you will, like his mm-hmm. best bodyguard. And towards the very end, the the powers that be DC said, "No, we we want Bane." To, you know, go down a little more and bring Batman's father more into the forefront. And that I, I tried to fight that and I lost because I, I wanted to be more Bane Batman to the end. Um, so, 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 so that, that was a fight I lost. Uh, but I, I still, you know, tried to write it as best I could. I mean, you can't say, are you satisfied with how that came out? Yes, yes, I am. I, I love the end. I love the last issue. Yeah. Um, I love what he says to his, to his father you know like I, i've been a child and now i mean my, my, my whole point of the thing was um in looking at batman because i had i started off batman when i when i first started um my mother had just died and my i was raised by my mother and my grandmother my dad left when i was very young um and then my grandmother died right before the first issue came out uh and so i, was, I kind of started in a place of mourning and i always i always felt like like Bruce's motivation, which which we've gone back to a thousand times. My parents died. I'm sad mm-hmm. about it. I'm going to fight crime. Is awesome. It's it's the most perfect origin story that's ever been created in the history of literature. But it's also just a little bit childish. Like a lot of us have had parents die. A lot of us have gone through grief. A lot of us have had bad things happen, and we don't put on dark suits and grieve about it for the rest of our lives. And you know, just 
um, a part of life is, is losing your parents and part of life is finding a way to deal with that grief. Um, and I wanted to give that journey to Bruce. So I was very happy at the end that that's where sort of he ended his journey. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so I, I was very content with that. I was not content. They were very much supposed to get married. And that was, that was yanked away from me at the last second. I was obviously very mad and I'm still mad to this day how Bat Batman 50 was marketed. Um, uh, they were never going to get married in Batman 50 and the DC marketed as they were going to get married. And I didn't object to that. Cause I was again, two years into comics and realized you could object to marketing and that, that uh, broke a lot of people's hearts. Um, and, uh, and I'm still, still to this day, I saw someone, you know, they, like, Tom King fucked up the relationship. I was like, Batman and Catwoman weren't even together when I first came, they had not been together since the beginning of new 52 um, mm -hmm. for like two pages. And before that it had been like you know, 20 years since they'd had a substantive relationship. I mean, they were together in the third movie, but besides that, so I, I brought them together and I, my plan was to have this complete and it, it was ripped from me and, and, and ripped from the fans. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sad that that happened. At the time that that came out, then was it kind of, because I remember actually, and I, t I completely applaud, um, which I've, I've been a fan of Seth Meyers on late night, but I totally applaud that he is a, a major face on TV that gives appreciation to a comic book uh, creatives that Absolutely. he did it. He did invite one Sir Tom King onto late night with <laughs> Seth Myers um, building up to that issue, the wedding issue, so to speak. But when you're on something like that, is it hard for you to talk about this knowing like, this is not how I wanted this to go, but this is how it's going in the sense of, the image is that they are going to get married. That's what it's being marketed as. There is going to be a wedding. And I know that there wasn't going to be. Because you can't, you know, I can understand if you can't say it. You can't say all that. But also like, I got to put on my best acting face. Or... I don't, I, I could be remembering this wrong, but I thought I went on Seth after they got, after the wedding went poorly. Or I, I, that's in my head. I could be totally wrong about that. I, I went on Seth to promote it was Mr. Before. Miracle and... And to start promoting, um, maybe I've got all that wrong. Heroes in Crisis, but I could be wrong. I my brain is 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 soft. Too, too many years in war zone. Well, I, I remember definitely you being on the rep, Mister Miracle, because of Seth definitely bringing up the. It's not Seth Meyers, quote unquote, image that uh, <laughs> Mitch Garrett's drew in that book. All I remember is I was backstage. I took my wife, you know, to try to impress her. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we were backstage and there were like movie stars backstage and we were all being very cool. And Seth Meyers comes up to talk to me. He's like, oh my God, Seth Meyers talked to me. It was so cool. And he's like, Tom, can I just tell you that this is my favorite comic. I love it. Miracle Man is the absolute best. And I was like, oh, do I correct Seth oh, Meyers? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Miracle Man by Alan Moore. And, you know, yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, I was, and my, my wife is like laughing in the background. She's like, oh, you think you're big shit, but you know, he doesn't even know the name of your comic book. Uh, so it was, it was, it was, it was a classic uh, build up teardown. Um, no, I, what they should have done for Batman 50, it was always planned to be, they married 100 and they, 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 she leaves them at the altar at 50. It was, you know, mm -hmm. a typical soap opera. Um, and, uh, uh, what they should have been is will they or won't they? It wasn't a very hard marketing decision. It should be, will they get married or won't they get married? That's, you've seen that in a thousand different sitcoms. That's what it should have been. Yeah. And it wasn't, and, uh, and, uh, and all his credit, Scott called me, 
us and, and said, Tom, they're marketing this wrong. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. And I remember, oh, this is soap opera. People will be excited. Oh, no, they didn't get me. I mean, I fucked it up. I did it. I should have known. But if you look back, I, you'll never, you won't find any tweet where I'm like, they're going to get married. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, you made us buy a bunch of crossovers. I, I did not promote those crossovers. They were not my idea. They were made for a friend. Um, Tim Seeley was a dear friend of mine. And there were just four of them. Yeah. And they had very little to do with the wedding. Uh, so, I mean, my my concert plan is there's going to be a wedding. And there was a wedding. There was just not a marriage. Um, but yeah, I, I do. Just, Lord knows if I could take it back and do it differently, I would. 100%. Uh, since we were there with issue 50... Um... Although I do like the issue. I like how it's written. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, applaud yourself. Sometimes it's okay to appreciate your own work. Um, I mean, we we made that as big as we possibly could. I mean, we had yeah. Neil Adams art. We had Frank Miller returning to Batman for the first time. That's what I was going to comment Four on. Was like, well, and your, was it your idea? Do you remember? I know I'm asking of things that were, you know, four or five years ago. Your idea to, for that to unfold the way that it, that it was in the sense of you had your main artist, but intercut with a variety of these all-stars doing their, maybe their iconic or favorite kind of bat, bat cat um, panel, like full page. Yes. I mean, it was always, so I, I had a big thing when I first came on Batman was to, and I, I don't know if I regret this or not, and it gets broken a bit in city of Bane, but I was only going to do arcs based on the artist. So no artist would do, um, we wouldn't have multiple art on on an, on one arc. Mm-hmm. So like, we had David Finch and then Mikkel and then Finch um, and then Mitch and then Mikkel again. So so it, it it was, you know, so you didn't have like the same story with different artists on it. It always bugged me as a kid. I hated reading comics where it's like, you know. Same. Um, <laughs> Infinity know that... Gauntlet is the great <sighs> example, right? Like even Things... Ron Lim is fantastic. But when you get from that George Perez to Ron Lim, you're like, what happened? Why does Thanos look different yeah. all of a sudden? Things happen. I totally understand that. But if you're asking me to just be fully honest, bugs the hell out of me with one story has a change up in, in art. Uh, yeah. Because it does just, it changes the aesthetic of things. So same. I know it can't be helped sometimes. It I know. But as a fan, it's like, oh, damn. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> and, it, and it was, and, and that's so hard to do with. So we were doing double ship Batman, yeah. which is tough because that means you're doing a 24 issues a year. And most, and it's Batman, so it has to be A list artists. Most A yeah. list artists can do between six and eight issues a year. So you know that's not hard math. That means you you need four different artists working at the same time uh, on on different projects. So it was it was a lot of writing for a lot of different people. So when I was writing Batman, I'd write issue uh, 17, then I'd write issue 23, then I'd write issue six, and then I'd write issue 18, and then I'd write a, a special on the side. And it, I mean, it was all over the place. It's like you're channeling your Dr. Manhattan. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, that's, that, yeah, <laughs> it's July 18th. Here, there, it's there, April 3rd. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's October 20th. <laughs> it, it was, it was, a, I mean, it was a running joke because you had to keep feeding these artists that, you know, I, I write about a comic book a week. So every Friday I would turn in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and my Batman editor, uh, who was, was first Mark Doyle and Jamie Rich, uh, would be like, okay, next is uh, next up is this. And they'd tell me the issue in the artist. And that's what would be the next issue I'd write. Was, so for, <laughs> for 50. Are you getting, are you reaching out to each one of these artists? Um, having yes. a, okay. So you're talking with them. And so, so for, fi- for 51 to a huge celebration of what we had done, cause it was 50 issues so far. It was a big yeah. issue. So we wanted to do all of the big artists. We were, so I, I knew, I knew it was going to be a 50 page issue, I believe. No, or 
38 pages. God, how big is 50? I think it's 38 pages. So I, I knew um, Mikkel was going to do 22 and that would be the main story. And we wanted Mikkel mm -hmm. to do that because he had done the most issues with us so far. Um, and so he he should have the, not, I don't know the honor, but like we wanted to spotlight him because he was like our workhorse. Everything was, because, you know, when, when you have artists like uh, um, Finch and, and, and Clay Man and, and, and Tony Daniel, like you also just need a workhorse artist, someone who can churn pages to make sure the rest yeah. of those guys can make their deadlines. And that's who Mikkel was. He was, he was like, he pulled us through every deadline. He was, he was the heart and soul of that book. Um, so we knew Mikkel should draw the, the main story. And then we wanted to pay tribute to, and so then we want to pay tribute to a bunch of, you know, past artists who worked on it. So, you know, so we got Clay and Mitch and David and, and uh, David. Um, and then, and, you know, those, those basic people. And then, you know, that, that filled about half of it. And then I so saw, then I, and I was like, okay, we'll just do splashes. And I was going to do this letter thing. So I was like, I'll do letters over the splashes. And that way you don't have to say to give each one a different pages script. It would just look, it would be hard to just do that. So I was like, just yeah. do a splash of whatever you think Batman is. And so then I was like, and then once we take care of the people who've contributed to our run, let's do an honor to the grace. You know, let's get Frank Miller. Let's get Jim Lee. Let's get Jose Garcia Lopez. Let's get uh, Lee Weeks. And, and so, yeah, so whatever it was, a, you know, 20 artists got the assignment to just draw, um, you know, Becky Cloonan, um, the, the best bat cat splash they could. And then they came in and then I was the one who decided which order they would be in and which letter they would sort of match up with. Um, and I remember I put my favorite one last, which is Lee Weeks, which I thought, which is still awesome. My, probably my favorite image for my entire run is that Lee Weeks flash from issue 50. What's that like which on I, your end as each one's coming in and you're getting to see that? Like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just saw a, a, a dealer list Capullo's um, splash for forty thousand wow. dollars so if you want to buy it it's out there yeah. <laughs> if you are gonna spend some money yeah if you have a car you, a few cars you want to sell I, to get it I, I just opened the book and look at the one that it, not that's even my kidding. favorite image from my whole run yeah can't and even did, plan that open that's, it, that's a little a little bit of meta there because if you ask him none of the lines actually meet because he knew the wedding wasn't going to come out so it's like they're close but they never actually oh, i try to buy that form i put I had I put seven thousand dollars of cash money, dollar bills on his table, and I said, "Can I have this splash?" And I put and I had a stack, and he goes, "No." I was like, "Oh man, I was so close." <laughs> He's oh. like, "Tom, somebody's offering me forty thousand. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Like <laughs> he was smart; he can be a more for it than that now. But back then, Up I was like, Annie. "Oh my god." Uh, um, yeah, I tried. To I remember yeah, my right. reaction for that one, and then getting to see that because oh man, it's fuzzy. But I think I remember. Whoever got to read it early, somebody had, I feel like somebody posted the spoiler before so, it came out. So what happened was, it was so funny because like, it, was, it came out, I think it was like July 7th. It was like July 4th weekend, you know, three, it was yeah. a three day weekend before then. And um, uh, the, the reviews came out and they were good reviews because the issue was good. Like the beforehand reviews from the the, the people we, we sent it to. Uh, and then it must've been the slowest news day of all time. The New York Times decided to do a, uh, a, a an article, and I'd done an interview for it, and they decided to title their article Catwoman Leaves Batman at the Altar or something yeah. like that. And they did a push notification to their 10 million whatever phone subscribers. Oh. So it popped up as like that thing on your phone. Batman does it's the most famous I've ever been. Uh, uh, Batman leaves Catwoman, and that's when 
because nobody had read the issue. They didn't know why she left. They didn't know. There's no context. Yeah, there's no context to it all. You're just not emotionally prepared yeah. for it. Like, like the, the whole thing is an emo- I mean, it's a very emotional issue. It makes me, you know, her letters to him and his letters to her and how much they love each other and how they're just, just this far apart and why she leaves. All that stuff is ripped away and you're just getting, boom, a spoiler. And oh my God, yeah, people just went. I mean, that's when I got the death threats and, you know, had to get the bodyguard and the whole oh, thing. Geez. So, uh it was a hell of a July Fourth that that, that yeah. week. That's um, <laughs> crazy over over comics. I mean, but I, I compl- uh, but there's come no on. reason to complain uh, that the issue sold tremendously. Yeah, and um, and the, the, like I said, I if I had to go back, I would market it differently. Mm-hmm. um because it just it, it's not worth making people that upset. It's it's we're comics. We're not supposed to upset you. I, that's the whole I point feel like. Comics. I know I definitely I avoided the spoiler I didn't come across any of it it might have seen you give a heads up on your Twitter or something I don't remember the wordage or anything but and it wasn't you know finger point you know shit talk anybody either it was just like something about spoilers out there or whatever and I was able to avoid it and so yeah when I read it and then yeah seeing that last page which when you get context of where the rest of the story is going that last page is freaking like man that hit of like oh shit oh wait what the hell that's flashpoint batman <laughs> what the hell's going on here so i mean like yeah with context the whole part of it it i don't know like and it's, it's also it, it's a to be continued it's not like they'll exactly. never get married i mean this is comics we live in the second act and the plan was you know because i was in the middle of a, of a hundred issue story i couldn't get yeah. him there's nowhere to go after they get married. It's, I mean, they're, they're, I would screw over the person next to me, but it's, it's, um, that, that, that part of it would have been difficult. So, well, if it's any consolation, I didn't read that and then think at the end, F you, Tom King, you just gave me the middle finger. How dare you? That's okay. I didn't, lots I didn't of people feel that way. Lots, lots of people <laughs> did. That's okay. It's okay. I, 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 I sympathize with them. I entirely do. Um, and, and I should say, uh, I, I wrote Bad Cat. I wrote a wedding for them. I really love mm-hmm. it. It's drawn by Clay Man. It's in Bad Cat 12. You you yeah. can read what what should have been Batcat eleven. It's or what should have been Batman hundred. I I I I did it. And Lord, look, nobody as much as you fans were pushing for Batman and Catwoman to get married. I was pushing three times as hard um, <laughs> against. Uh, the, uh, the, I I very much wanted it to happen. And at one point, when we got to issue fifty, I did not have a yes yet. I thought I could eventually get it, but at fifty, it was still a no. And at about issue eighty, it, it was a yes. And so at one point we had a yes and I thought it was going to happen. And then it, it, it dissipated. Yeah. Well, everything it's hard to, it's hard to get a corporation so. to make it, to make, it's hard to move a corporation. It's very yeah. hard. I, I can imagine. So I have not been in that situation. So <laughs> uh, you touched upon something um, to deviate a little bit away from the wedding, but as far as you were touching on artists in this run. So I'm not going to be able to remember every single artist that was included in your run. But I mean, you've already mentioned uh, David Finch. You've, uh, I, I asked and I already forgot beforehand, Mikkel. Honey. Uh, okay. Jay. I just <laughs> don't want to offend somebody. Mikkel J. Mikkel is um, very, is, is very low stress about this. You can call him Janin if you want. He doesn't. Okay. But my uh, understanding is it's Kanye. He's, 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 he's a, he's a, like many of the brilliant artists I work with. He's a Spaniard. There's, there's a lot of Spanish artists. He's, sure. He's okay. Got it. Um, Tony Daniel, uh, Jorge Fornes, uh, oh so good. M- Mitch Garrods, uh, Joel Jones. I know yeah. I'm missing even in City of Bane. You got legendary JRJR John Romita Jr. 
Um, Joel Jones doing the first arc. Betty, Betty, Becky Cloonan had done one Batman issue, but Joel Jones was the first female artist to do an arc of Batman. Excellent. Awesome. We're going to, we're going to touch on that too. Make sure if we wrap up and I haven't talked <laughs> about Joel Jones, uh, bring her back up, please. Uh, Clay oh, man. So brilliant. Like, I, she knows I'd work with her a drop of a hat. Unfortunately, Joel Jones discovered that she can also write, which is the worst thing any artist can discover. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted, uh, uh, we'll come back to her. I promise a whole list of all these great artists. How does that go, go about for you? So, I mean, I guess you already kind of touched upon it of, you know, you're, as I said, playing your Dr. Manhattan of writing all over the place um, to bring in artists, I, I guess the reality of the situation that you already touched upon of um, an artist can do six to eight issues a year that to do a, what's the, t- what's the, I guess the, actual term for I, i've said twice monthly that doesn't that doesn't roll off the tongue double shift double shift double shift okay. yeah double shift double shift because yeah, bi-monthly artist. nobody knows if that means twice a month or once every two thank months. you no, that's nobody knows too. Yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's a bizarre term double shift sounds great um for an artist that almost seems near impossible i'd imagine i can't draw a stick figure um to save my life but i can only imagine like a great artist like that's that's tough to do so how oh, is it? Only John Byrne in 1983 could do it, and Jack Kirby <laughs> in 1972. There's a few who very few, a, very very few. few masters of the craft. How did you rally up this gang of artists? Which, to me, honestly, in reading through all of it, there is no, you know, weak link in that armor at all. I, I mean, we we got in, uh, incredibly incredibly lucky. Um, in, in a lot of things, like I said, really the, the everyone should, I feel like Mikel is almost a forgotten Batman artist. Like he doesn't have a statue. He doesn't have uh, a black and white and people should remember that he's probably done more Batman than almost every art, any artist out there. Like, mm-hmm. like he, 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 he was covering the gaps for us. It would not have worked without Mikel. Um, but, but, but my, my strategy was always, always to write to the artist's strength and always to always to write to what the artist wanted. So different artists want different things. You know, uh, David Finch, you know, you have to, if you're doing with David Finch, you got to have big action. You got to have people punching each other. This is, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a guy who, you know, writes in the Jim Lee McFarland, you know, uh, uh, Aspen style, you know, like, like you have to do that. Uh, if you're doing a, a Mitch Garrett, you want a quieter story. You want a story that's more street level. You want a story that's more emotional. Uh, if if you're doing a clay man, you have the guy who draws the sexiest people in the world. You want sexy people in a clay man book. You know, I'm I'm gonna have Batman, Catwoman on a beach in bathing suits <laughs> <laughs> and a Tom Selleck mustache. And a, because... a Tom, yeah, well, well, uh, uh, Clay Man's also the biggest Magnum PI fan in, stand in the okay, world. Okay, well, that so, shows. <laughs> yeah, so I I so I was like, I was like Clay, I can give you we can do Magnum PI Batman. He's like, okay, I'm in. There you go. Um, so you play you you have Tony Daniel. You you want to do huge action splashes because Tony does brilliant splashes. Uh, so yeah, you you just always 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 play to play to the artist's strengths. Oh, with, with Joelle, Joelle loves intricate things. So you know we mm-hmm. we did we did a lot of like interior scenes where she can do you know bookshelves or you know she designed the wedding dress. And I, re- I remember the the meeting where it's like, well, how do you want me to design this dress? And I was like, however you want to design it. That's yeah. that was my only contribution to designing the dress. It's just like great. So she went crazy. You know she does these intricate details, and the dress is so intricate and beautiful. Uh, I have the uh, her statue above over my shoulder. Oh, I didn't um, even notice that. Yeah, look at that. Nice. So so. Uh, yeah, you always, always, always play to your artist's strengths and, and to what they want. And I was always, like I said, trying to give each artist a complete story. 
um, mm-hmm. until until City of Bane when JRJR had to come in and do with you know working with JRJR I thought I'm complaining about that but he had to come in and do do, do some stuff um, when Tony Daniels couldn't do things so, so so besides besides that one sort of hiccup near the end each artist got a complete story something that could be self-contained and could be just belong to them is that so as you said playing to an artist's strengths is this through your own self-discovery or did you talk to the artists not in an interview but basically of like hey we're going to be working together um and you find out what they like to do i mean both things i mean it runs the entire gauntlet uh clay mitch and i are like best friends we talk every single day of our lives uh we have relationships just as complicated as friends where we're competitive and just but every single day we wake up and say hello to each other uh me me clay mitch and, and doc shannon uh, and, uh, and, and, but like Jorge, a guy I've worked very closely with, I'm still working with on danger street. We, we were together for two years before we met each other and before we talked in person. So wow. e- even though I, I was, I, I mean, it's, it's a little more complicated than this, but I was one of the people who discovered him. Like he mm-hmm. would just post stuff on Twitter and I was like, how would you like to draw Batman? I was like, that was a crazy, right? But he turned out to be a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it, it runs the gauntlet and for guys like that, they don't talk to you, you look at their strengths and you look at where they're going and you also look, are they digital? Are they if if a guy is selling pages, you don't want to get give him all talky talky stuff because talky talky yeah. pages don't sell. So if I give like Tony Daniel sells his pages, if I give Tony Daniel talky talk, I've I've literally robbed him of money. Like there's thousands of dollars I've taken out. Is he gonna want to draw the best he can if I'm robbing him of money? What? Uh, yeah. so, so you you want to give guys who are selling pages <laughs> stuff they can sell. So it's it's it, it's stuff like that. You know, it's it's that it's sense. it's both psychology and just and and you know the. I have I have one magic talent. I'm I'm bad at so many things. I can't put basketballs in hoop. I'm terrible at running. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. Tom King no, can't I, play basketball. <laughs> I can't sing. Lord knows I can't draw. Everyone knows all these things that I'm just terrible at. I have one magic power, and it's that I can I can see what a comic book's gonna look like before it's made. When I'm uh-huh. when I'm, it's like you know like like the it, you know like in the Matrix when the guy's looking at the code, but he sees yeah. the thing. I can do You're that. Neo. For, I'm I, that, no, that's the one thing I can. I'm not. I'm the mouse. I'm not. I'm no. Oh, here. okay. All right. Uh, so, so I, so I can always, I can be like, okay, this is. I, if I know who the art, I know who the artist is. I can see the script. I can see what they would draw. So I just try to give them the best comic book possible to draw. How do you, how do you script for your artists then? I know it probably varies because you just said it seems like you really zone in on the each artist's strengths. But is it as, uh, what do you want to say, like broad as? Batman fights Bane or do you break it down like more of really emphasize hits the pain the blood I don't know I I, I so uh, for people who don't know maybe you you probably know this more than, but like you know Marvel style is the extreme like the there, there's 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 lots of different ways to write a script no script is the same in Hollywood every script is basically the same they're all same they're all formed the same way comic books are, a comic book script is a letter to your artist on what you want the comic book to be so it's it, it and just like any letter you would write, it can be very, very much from person to person, how you phrase a letter and how you, um, I'm almost exactly in the middle between Marvel, between let's say Stanley on one side, um, uh, Jack, do, do, do something about space. Okay. Like that was like, <laughs> that was like a Stanley script. It's like, wow. A one, one <laughs> do sentence, something about space. <laughs> one sentence on the phone. I'm on it. All right. Uh, and then on the other side, of course, is Alan Moore, which is, which is like panel one, this is in this corner. This is in this corner. In the background, you see this glass, and it has got, and it's got a smudge on the, t- in the t- like just every single detail in the panel is described for each panel. 
Uh, and it all feels like this. And this is the emotion. Have you read these six books? Read these five books before you draw this panel. Like that's Alan Moore. So I'm halfway in between. I do full scripts. So every single panel is planned out. Um, but the descriptions are very loose. So yeah, like it can be, if I do a big Bane, I'm not going to tell David Finch how to do make two comic book characters fight. <laughs> He's been doing that for 30 years. Yeah. He's the best in the business. So yeah, if I have a fight scene with David Finch, I will put in, you know, like I was like, this is a six panel fight, you know, panel one, Bane fights Batman. Bane is winning. That, and that's it. That's all I need. And then I put the dialogue in. And panel two, Bane fights Batman. Batman's now winning. And then I put the dialogue in. And then nice. uh, Finch can interpret that. My dog is saying hello. <laughs> I like these cameos. Yes. Getting to know Tom King's family. That's right. Wife says hello. The dog says hello. Yeah. <laughs> Which the dog, the dog is a character many people know. All these uh, hundred and whatever thousand uh, followers on Twitter. Um, that's, that's a true. fun. That's a fun thing. You have a thread. You have. Oh, this is not her. And yes, fill in whatever dog. the link. I like that. That's my puppy dog. She's the best. Here she comes. She's wandering into the room. She's got a Psyduck in her mouth. That's not your Psyduck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> got to hear it. Um, let's Plus, go to. You want to come up and show everyone your Psyduck? You oh, please. Oh, there she is. There's that nice. Psyduck. <laughs> nice. Joelle Jones, let's go back to her because she illustrated and out of everything here, um, all of these arcs, which I kind of said before the wedding, it just kind of seemed like there were arcs and then post wedding was a big story. Reading it all collectively, it definitely feels like it is. It's definitely one big story, sure. but you, it was a great variety of this of the I am Gotham I am suicide. I am bang kind of go together, but then, I mean, there's the like rooftops and then the, you have the word jokes and riddles, but rules of engagement is my favorite arc. Of oh, the awesome. 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 I can't describe why I love that three issue story so much, but I, I just, <laughs> I just do. I think there's a nice, I don't know, I'd say like Batman's a supporting character in that too. You yeah. know, the, the I mean, the main character maybe is Selena. I mean, some people could argue maybe the main character is Damien a little bit. I don't like Damien, but they're <laughs> so a little bit Grant Morrison. Damn you for creating Damien. However, also, I applaud you, Grant Morrison, for he's Dick, so much fun to write. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I bet uh, Dick Damien, though, is like one of my favorite things that Grant Morrison's ever done. I think he captured that dynamic in a way that really, I think it just works so well. Um, and I think that you did that too, in the sense of, because Damien is so kind of out of control and thinking for himself and, um, oh, what am I, I always forget. Not, not yeah, that's, that's, that's what, one of my favorite moments is when he, he tells Superman how he would beat him. <laughs> Superman comes yeah. in. <laughs> And she, he's like, I'm not scared of you. He's like, all I got to do is draw a magic star in the ground, sell my soul, <laughs> yeah. I'll get it back later. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're vulnerable to magic. Who cares? <laughs> but uh, um, man, I always think about react it. I can't. I always stumble across the word for some reason. Damien just goes with instinct, instinctual maybe. But yeah. Dick is there. Dick is like kind of the only one that can really talk and get through to him. I think he captured that really, really well. But there's also a aesthetically, this is my introduction to Joelle Jones, and I really loved her style. Um, I something about the uh, the bat suit with the trench coat. I mean, it's not Batman, but it totally is, and I love it. I love 
it I mean, there's instant comparisons to Affleck's suit in Batman versus Superman. Um, whether that was part of her inspiration or not, your inspiration for that or not. And I should the, we should give um, a Jason Fabok credit, even though he's not on those issues. That that arc was originally supposed to be with him. Really? He, he pulled out at the last second to do a Jeff Johns project, uh, probably to start three jokers. Sure. Uh, and and he had done the initial design on that on that Batman okay. trench coat thing that Joel sort of worked out and made and made her own. So I, I want to give I want to give Fabok some. I mean, sure, we could have missed out because Fabok. I oh my gosh, since like he first started with it ain't touching Batman, I've been a major fan of his. But oh, well, we, got, yeah, we we got to do Batman twenty four or Batman um twenty one the, the button yeah yes and uh, oh my gosh and he he and Brad Anderson got have one of the. A splash in issue 52 um yes but like i'm telling you hey you know in case you forgot tom he did I, re- I, re- <laughs> I know you didn't I, forget i remember i really like that that the issue with fabok with the countdown clock i thought that was that was one of the yeah. things like, oh that's a clever idea <laughs> that was great that's awesome um I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. I, I keep trying to figure out why I love rules of engagement. Uh, I think there's something that's poetic about you have Selena and Talia fighting, and then Talia, as she gets stabbed by Selena in the back, she's like injured, sits next to Batman, and is talking. And there's like a, a respect for an enemy in a sense. And Absolutely. I think that there's something that is that the Al Ghuls can do with that that i really really appreciate and like is almost like it's weird you're my enemy i'm your enemy but like we have a standard like we have a mutual respect you know like um and i think that's just fleshed out and that's almost like what the the three issues are about so i'm just ranting but i <laughs> I, just, I love it keep it's ranting. so odd really? to yes, me no, I, love on, I don't i i can't figure it out why that's my favorite no I, out I, of the I, whole I, run I I I adore it too, and I, I especially love that final conversation because it's it's that classic conversation with you know an ex girlfriend, you know, where you have that like where you've come to where you've moved on from being exes to being you know having respect for each other, like mm. we've gone through shit, and 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 her being like, all right, I, this next girl's not that bad, and but but what, <laughs> but, but what what gives what Talia likes about Catwoman is that Catwoman fought her and stabbed her, you know, like yeah, that's, yeah. that's what makes like, that's what I like about the Al Ghul relationship is, is that uh, they fight Batman because they want Batman to, they want to be with him. And, and the better Batman does, the more they respect him. Every time mm-hmm. Batman defeats Al Ghul, he's like, yes, that's why you're the detective. That's why you're the heir. You know, like, yes, like, like that, that's why I want you. You're a real uh, challenge. Yeah. It's, 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 it's different than, than any, than anything else. It's more similar to sort of the Lex Superman division. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and the, the same with Talia. Talia fights Batman because she loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, beca- and because she, she wants, she wants him to be as good as he could be because that way he's worthy of her. The only man who's who, who could who could possibly be worthy of her must be able to to if not defeat her at least go even with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what makes Talia cool. And yes. I don't think I said it yet. The art's amazing. So there we go. <laughs> yes, and Joel, and the art is amazing. Killed it. Yeah, killed it. Yeah, uh, that was great. Did you? I poor phrasing, but did you seek her out or was it? she was presented to you to, to do that arc then of like, Oh, since Jason can't here's Joelle Jones, check her art out. What do you think of that? Or did you find her? 
No, we always wanted her to come on. She she had done again. My my editor at that time was Jamie Rich, and her and Jamie had done a, a series uh, t- together um, for Omi, uh, and they they were very good friends. And I was always telling Jamie, I was like, Lady Jamie, Killer, right? Lady Killer, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I was like, you have to get Joelle on. She's just, I mean, she, she's utterly. I mean, everyone knew she was the next you know big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's it's hard to find again to find. Batman's is a hard to, uh, uh, to find a, the right artist for it because it has to be an incredibly good artist. And it also has to be a, a certain category of art. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like you couldn't put, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to think of, of, of like, but the example that comes to my head is someone like, like a Scotty Young. Scotty Young is a brilliant artist. There's he's, he's an incredible storyteller, but he couldn't do an arc of Batman because it's just, it's not that right feel. Mm-hmm. right it's 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 batman needs that so so jo- to have someone like joel who was both a brilliant artist and looked like a batman artist it was perfect yeah that's like a, a, a true and like i bet when people first saw tim sale they're like no nah, that's not a batman artist and then he turned out to be one of the best of all time so it's not a great rule so illustrated my favorite story the long halloween but i've said that way too many times on this podcast right? oh my god so <laughs> anytime i can work the long halloween in uh i do i met jeff um, Loeb just recently and he was very nice Oh, you did? Yes. I, I I totally fanboyed out on him. I was like, oh my god, hush, long Halloween challenges the unknown, all the Marvel colors. Oh, I was he, he's like, who is this fanboy? What is what is your? What you... <laughs> I introduced him to my son because my son is a huge fan of his. I was I was the biggest nerd. Uh, he. I mean, one of the Mount Rushmore of dynamic teams in comics, him and Tim Sale. Of course, yeah. Like everything, they, they didn't fail. There's no. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a like. They don't have that skill of failing. That's um, right. Gone too soon. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't want to rehash. So, like, we kind of already talked about Thomas Wayne's Batman. Um, was that to? Was it more your idea to include him? to bring him in was that part of your developing story i mean we had the button but it felt like that was like closing the book on the flashpoint universe yeah i mean i, I, I he was not again the original plan was bane catwoman simple classic batman those three elements were the all the original plan and then that arc like i said that sort of w kind of thing mm-hmm. um we the button came sort of halfway and that that sort of fell in our lap as something sort of jeff wanted to do and 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 we incorporated it and it was you know this big lead up to what he was doing it was a huge success um, so when i got to sort of the last half i was looking for pieces and i was looking back on pieces i had used and i i i didn't write this it, it was uh, jeff and josh wrote the second issue uh, 22 i think um and uh they they had you know written this one line where, where where they're about to disappear and about to die and batman's father says to him like the one thing i want to tell you is don't become batman and mm-hmm. and and I, I and then they disappeared I, I they probably just you know had to fill a page and they wrote that one line like i, I don't think it was like a, a deep thought uh and i i was obsessed with it i was like what his father tells him not i mean that's like uh you know someone you know my father coming to me like don't be a writer you know like like how yeah. does that like the one thing in your life is like that's what i am that's who i am how can you tell me <laughs> uh uh so I was looking for, you know, I, I, just, I had some puzzle pieces I wanted to fill. And I, was, I was like, I want to include that, that don't be. And I was like, that's a great 
motivation for someone to go after Batman. Um, the idea that I want to show you uh, how awful it is to be Batman. So you quit because this is not the life I want for you. I want you to be happy. Batman robs you of happy. Being a Batman robs you of happiness. I want you to be happy. I want you to stop doing this. Um, I mean, that goes back. And, and Thomas Wayne, if you read his stuff, the Azarello stuff that was written about him in Flashpoint, I mean, it's really fucked up. It's, you know, his wife turns out to be the Joker and then he kills his yeah. wife. And so his his mind was not. And we, Jorge Forrest, sort of great backwards issue where we sort of went into all of this at the very end. Yeah. Uh, and and so that I was like, that's an incredible motivation. And what an incredible, you know, villain, you know, his own father. It's, you know, classic Star Wars. Uh, except instead of like be a Jedi like, like me, he's like, don't be like me. I have lived pain. I want you to live happiness. I I, I enjoyed that part of it. So yeah, so I extracted that post button. And then, like I said, it was supposed to be more of a secondary element to Bane, who I'd been sort of pushing the whole time. And DC just loved it so much. They decided, to, they said that should be the main element. So that's what, that, that, that got flipped at the end. Though you don't like seeing your hero getting beaten and taken out. There's no story if everything goes your hero's way. But I do that's think true. that that worked out really really well of the thomas wayne batman because that's exactly from my side of it as a fan just reading it that is what i got out of it too and are you a Roz or Raish al ghul i'm a Roz. I'm Roz, a Roz. me too okay um that's that's what i knew denny o'neill he said Roz, and he invented him so i'm saying Roz. okay I, that's just that's the way it's just not raz i mean that's i think that's one thing that we it's can all raz. agree on it is Raish is fine i got no problem with Raish. <laughs> i'm just saying when exactly. i talked to denny he said Roz. he's Roz. um similar to the viewpoint from of Thomas Wayne in the sense of your point I can't necessarily say I disagree however your methods are completely wrong so the fact of what Thomas Wayne is trying to avoid for Bruce is like you have pain suffering as Batman I don't want that for you as another human being but let alone as as my son but now my methods to try and get you to see that are com- completely like terrible Really bad. You shouldn't do that. But I found <laughs> well, it. I found that, it that's what. That's where the guy whose wife became Joker and he killed her. That's where his mind got a little broken yeah. there. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but they created a, a fantastic character. I think you helped prolong. What do you want to say? Longevity of Flashpoint Batman because he was such yeah. a highlight for people of that series, and so we got more of him. And I think a great story with him. And I think now he is on. He is seen heroically. Yes, he's he's he, uh, Josh Josh Williamson and I are, are very close friends. And he actually approached me. He's like, "I'm going to make Batman, uh, Flashpoint Batman, back into a hero." And I was like, "Go for it!" Like you tell, <laughs> the, I the told w my story. Of Thomas Wayne Batman. <laughs> yeah, you, you 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 tell you tell your story. Yes. Um, I think you touched on this, but I don't like. There's people who forgot or didn't see it. Maybe it was a a Comic Con Brazil. You talked about Alfred's death. Yes. Um, and that was him dying was part of your plan, but it wasn't to stick in reality. Is that correct? Yeah, it was entirely supposed to be a fake out. It was uh, supposed to be it was written this way. And I think if you look closely at the issue, uh, you can see it was supposed to be scarecrow gas. Like they okay. they gave Damien scarecrow gas and he saw his worst fear, which was Alfred died. That yeah. was it was it was 100% supposed to be sort of a fake out death. Uh, um and then the issue came out uh the infamous issue not infamous because it was it, it uh it was very popular and, I, I, and then people really liked the death people were ex- unlike the wedding where people were very angry people were like 
I want to see where this story goes. What, what what's going on? How oh they, were, they, they were they were they were it, it elevated it. And the day it came out, the Wednesday it came out, when DC Comics used to come out Wednesdays, I got a call from Dan DiDio and he's like, "Okay, Alfred's dead." <laughs> like he, <laughs> he he went online, he saw the comments, and he's like, "I want him to be dead. He's dead." And dead uh, and I was like, "Well, no, 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 no," because he has a shitty death. He just gets killed yeah. in the chair. Alfred needs to. <laughs> Alfred, Alfred can't go out like that. That's a stupid way for Alfred to go. If I was going to kill Alfred, I would do, you know, a whole big thing. Yeah. And uh, so my um, my editor, Jamie Rich, and I got on the phone. I took my dog for a walk. And we talked and talked and talked until we could figure out that how his sitting there was a sacrifice. And then so it became how he, he sort of sacrificed himself to save Batman in that moment. And then once it was a sacrifice, then it could be done. I remember talking to Jamie at the phone. It's after the issue came out. We're like, I guess we just killed Alfred. He's like, yep, I guess we did. And <laughs> I... I assumed it would stick for 15, 20 issues. I thought James would bring him back. I thought Josh would bring him back. I, I think Chip would bring him back. It, it, he's still he's still gone. Um it it, 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 it amazes me. Um this so something's happening today in talking to you that as soon as I grab the book and just open it, like I and just like this one, I'm yeah. basically opening it right to the part we're talking about. Yeah, um, there it is. There's I'm, magic. I'm ready for Alfred to be back. But <laughs> sure. I mean that's it's absolutely beauty, though, absolutely there being so many batman books too is because you do okay in batman and detective the main legacy titles he's not alive but you do have the one bad day if he's included somehow or you have the batman joker deadly duo miniseries right now out and alfred's alive that's kind of status quo batman like by having these other series around you're i'm, I'm getting my alfred fill there so it's 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 okay but um i i, I, I miss alfred <laughs> I think uh, I, I when when I when I was uh, an intern at Marvel when I was a kid, uh, Chris Claremont said something to me. He's he's like you you. It's, I was a Star Trek fan, and we we're talking about Kirk and McCoy and Spock, and he's like McCoy and Spock are like Kirk's brain. That's why it's so much fun to write them because they're Kirk's brain outside. There's his emotional brain, his logical brain, and they mm-hmm. have arguments. And then Kirk's kind of the one who synthesizes it, and that's how the story works. And it blew me away. I was like, no, they're separate. I was like, oh yeah, that's how it's. And I, I think of the same way as ba- Batman has Gordon and Alfred, and it's hard mm-hmm. to write Batman without because the conversations you have with Gordon and the conversations you have with Alfred is how he talks about a case. So I, mm-hmm. I have it, it. It is. I think Alfred is a is an essential component, and I I do look forward to the day he returns because I, yeah. I, I it's hard to it's hard for Batman to be without his Alfred. Mm-hmm. I mean, and but, for, but for I, I have I have no control over that, and so we'll yeah. see how that's all that's on Chip, and and, and we'll see what he does. Yeah, I mean for what. It is worth though. Like I do think it works. Like in the in the story though, I think it, the way it plays out, and it's almost like there is a sad, uh, what do you want to say, element to it of you're going from bright sunny pages with Bruce and Selena to that darkness that's happening in Wayne Manor, back to bright sunny pages, you know, and it's like they're completely unaware of what's going on, like for a story for for drama like that's that's really powerful too i think so there it's a it's a strength and it wasn't like it happened and i was like oh for f's sake or anything like that it was like oh my god okay he'll be back somehow because it's comic books right but oh my god Alfred's dead (laughs) did dio knew his story he knew it would work and he he was right and uh and i got to write with with mikhail that issue where where batman finds out which is just one of one of my favorite issues of the whole run where where it's 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 an issue to, to make you cry and to sort of feel the impact of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and also when, you know, the, the whole 
like I said, when we started this conversation, you know, this whole thing started with me writing this Batman issue at night. And you, you, the first question you asked me is Dark Knight Returns is my favorite Batman issue. And I tribute that in the first issue when Alfred asks, like, is this a good death? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that and, and I remember writing that. I was like, man, now I, I want to see Alfred. I want to see Batman ask Alfred that question. And I, and I think it's it's the best part of issue one. And so that that one question that was in issue one, the thing I wrote for spec became almost the theme of the whole issue until Alfred tells him, you know, in this recording, there aren't, you, you asked me if, if there's a good death. He said, there are no good deaths, uh, but there are good lives and I want you to live one. And, and, and for that to become a motivation that eventually leads him to happiness, uh, a mental optimism. I, 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 so you see, so you see the sort of full arc of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been very gracious with your time. So I don't want to keep <laughs> you for another two hours, but I have, you know, just, yes. if you don't mind hanging just a little longer, a couple questions. Um, no problem. This is fun. Um, Okay, good. Um, that'd be great if you're like, okay, bye. See ya. Oh, I failed. <laughs> I, I do failed. have to go someplace because I have to turn in this penguin script. Yeah. Poor penguin. Um, uh, how did, so how did Bat, there's, I mean, you're the source. So that's why I, I can definitive answer here of like, how did the Batman Catwoman, which is now available to buy in a collected hardcover, um, collected oh, beautifully. How did that proposal, how did this become a thing? Um, so issue 80 or so, so we're, we're talking about the issues we're talking before the beach issues were coming mm-hmm. out and this is all out now. And, and, and Dan's talking about Dan, obviously not with the company anymore. Um, Dan Didio decided he was going to revamp all of DC and this thing, it was called 5G, the fifth generation yeah. of, of DC comics. Um, and his plan was to replace all the main heroes with different heroes. Uh, so Wonder Woman was not going to be Diana Prince and Superman was not going to be Clark Kent and Batman was not going to be Bruce Wayne. And, and he called me and I was told this and I was like, okay, this is, and this will happen at issue 100. Batman will retire. Um, and uh, at, at the time it was, um, uh, it was Lucius Fox's son was mm-hmm. going to become Batman. Uh and so I and and what they told me was we need you to write the next you know City of Bane was to end at eighty five the original plan was for City of Bane to end at eighty five and then to do fifteen issues of Batcat stories leading up to the wedding to hundred just little like two to three two to three issue issue where I could bring back like Joel would do two issues uh, almost like a like not like a victory lap but like where you could the highlight highlight reel. Joel yeah. would do a few issues. Mikel would do a few issues. Clay would do a few issues. Mitch would do a few issues. Finch would do a few issues. Um, and just like regular stories, you know, there's a caper in Rome or there's, you know, uh, the Riddler hasn't solved something like classic Batman stories. Um, and so that, and, and that would sort of leads them to the wedding. And, and, and Dan said, uh, you know, he, he gave me kind of a, a, a Sophie's choice seems very dramatic, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's like, if you want, I, I can have you on the title, but the Batman title has to be dedicated to the setup of this new status quo. So you need to, the book has to be about um, Lucius Fox and his son taking on the mantle. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, no, but the book's about this leading to the wedding. He's like, he's like, how about this? I'll give you a deal. Because again, they had not agreed to the wedding. It was also I was still pushing it. It's like you can have them get married, but you do a separate book that's the lead up to their marriage, and you have the marriage in it. We call it Batman Catwoman, a new number one, and then we do, um, 
we, I, I'll bring in another writer and we'll, we'll do the build up to the 5G in the last 15 uh, comic. And, um, or I'm the editor, you stay in the comic, they don't get married <laughs> and you lead up to 5G and you write those issues like I told you. And I, and, and I, and, and he said, and I'll give you whatever artist you want to do this because you know at the time i was known sort of for, for 12 issue series I, you know i'd done mm-hmm. uh, i'd won some awards for them and such and uh i was like all right i was of those two things you know being told what to write or writing what i want to write and getting a wedding out of it plus a new number one uh i was like i will i will i will jump on that and and, and dan and that way dan was winning too because he got a new number one again we were selling uh, the the comic had dipped in sales a little bit in the nightmares arc, but City of Bane brought it all the way back. All credit to Tony Daniel, who was the the key to the whole thing. But so we were selling like blockbusters again, so we had some momentum going in. Um, but he's like, well, "I'm going to get a new number one," and I was, I was like, "I want to do it with Clay." Clay was my again one of my best friends and and a guy who I just think is you know Jim Lee level good. I can't tell you how much I think Clay's art is great. Uh, and so I, so I was like, all right, me and Clay, Clay and I will do this, you know, 12 issue series and we'll have the wedding at the end and, and Clay will drop beautifully and you'll launch into 5G. And then the plan was, and then I would leave the book and Dan's plan was Batman would retire. But the, the moment after the, it was not a good, it, it was to kill off Catwoman basically immediately. <laughs> so, mm. uh, but I was, I wasn't going to be involved in that. Uh and uh, so that's what happened. I, I just I left the book at, at eighty five, which is I mean to write eighty five issues of Batman again. That's, yeah. the, old, that's the longest continuous run. I'm not complaining. I, it was fifteen issues early. You know, ninety five percent of those issues sold over a hundred thousand. Some of them, a lot of them, sold over two hundred thousand. It was a it was a big success. Awesome. Uh, and uh, and I, and I went into Batman Catwoman, and uh, and then chaos broke out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, two, uh, some things happened simultaneously. I, I, I wrote in, the issues I wrote for Clay. And, and Clay can speak to this better, but there was there was just some things in his life that it, it took him a, a a year to get the first issue out. So that sort of caused a large a large delay. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, uh, Dan's five G plan fell apart, and Dan left the company, and and they brought on James, and they're like, I don't know what to, it was like a whole like, and so James just ran in a completely different direction than the five G plan, and and so and so so that's sort of what happened. Yeah, that's that's, that's the long and short of it. And by the time I Clay and I caught up to our deadlines of where to be, you know, we were well past all of these sort of plans. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I I think it, I think Scott Snyder had mentioned it. Um, before something a conversation with grant morrison and i don't know verbatim but it is something about for almost like a definitive batman story if you want like if you want to tell your own definitive batman story give him a beginning and an end yes Uh, with with catwoman though the batman catwoman book it i think it does it catches you up to that annual number two story the beloved annual number two story where batman does die and you do yeah. see an older Selena and Bruce. It it catches you up with that, but it also does it, it. You did it with Killing Time as well, but do you love playing with time? I do. I mean, I, the comics are all about t- time. You know that that's that's the one thing you can control is how the panels work and stuff. So yeah, so I I love it. I mean, it's I, it's it's modeled after the two different things. The third season of True Detective, which is three time. I mean, that's a kind of a deep cut, but 
And also of Jason Aaron's brilliant Thor run where he had done three timelines at the same time, which I always admired. That was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, and, and the, the idea of that was um, my, uh, my favorite issue. I mean, it's, it's hard for, to pick one out, but it, it would, I love the annuals. All the annuals are my favorite. I didn't write the annual three Tom Taylor did, but. Um, Good boy. One, but the yeah. ace story. <laughs> no, no, that was me. I did that one. That's uh, a good one. Tom, yeah. So Tom T. Yeah, there's the ace stories, number one. Number two is this um their first date and their last. Um, they're sort of the, the the first time that they went, yeah, the, the first time they sort of kissed and their last kiss. That was the second one. And then I didn't do this. And the fourth one is me and Jorge Fornes doing sort of a definitive what is Batman story, which I really, mm-hmm. really very much enjoy. Um but that yeah, so, so I was like, I, I love that second issue. I think that's when I finally nailed the Batcat relationship and I wanted to build off of it. And it p- took place in two different timelines. It took place in the past when they're after the first kiss. And I was like, what happens next? How does that story continue? What happens after their first kiss? And it took place in the very future where Batman dies. And I was like, what happens next? What happens to Catwoman after Batman dies? What happens to his daughter and that sort of relationship? So I was like, I'm going to take that annual. I'm going to tell the continuing stories of those two. And plus, I'm already in the present, so then I just tell the present. So that that's how sort of we came up with three different stories. And All Clay right. really wanted the Phantasm. I love the bat. I love that movie. So then the Phantasm. Happened. That was an easy sell. And that first image that was shown of Phantasm holding the, I don't know what yeah. her weapon is, Sky and them on it was something. just kind of like what? Yeah, so oh cool. my god! Like it's a cool. great image. Yeah. So I think that that too was an awesome story. Um, and then also the back half of that also concurrently coming out was uh batman killing time which oh, yeah <laughs> i still plays with batman. time <laughs> very much so well it's called killing time and yeah. it literally kills time so it's, yeah it's, it's, and this it's, it's a good title this is a batman story written by dr manhattan um this <laughs> this version too um aka clocking <laughs> yes but i mean i i loved this story art from david marquez is Brilliant. phenomenal um i mean at at this point that's not a hard pitch is it to dc of hey i have this idea for another story okay tom <laughs> done like is that how it goes now <laughs> uh no, that came about they asked me to do that oh okay uh, like yeah that that was that was originally supposed to be me and jrjr doing a, a batman story um for like one of their anthologies and it sort of somehow evolved through the very vicissitudes of life into us doing a, a series together and yeah and that was me like my batman run is all this deep psychology about oh how bruce is sad and him becoming happy and all this stuff we've been talking about for an hour and i wanted mm-hmm. to write something that was nothing to do with psychology you never get inside batman's head in that he's just on the run he's chasing it's told from a point of view um of someone who doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne. So you never mm-hmm. see him interact with Alfred. You never see him out of the costume because the person telling the story doesn't know that's who he is. So it was it was just very much a, a story about sort of Batman kicking ass. Yeah. And then which it was. Which it was. Yeah. <laughs> Batman kicked ass. It did. He, um, kicked, he kicked a lot of ass. And then and then uh Mitch and I did a, did uh um our, our killing joke tribute with the Riddler with mm-hmm. one bad attack. Yeah. Which is a good um, going away from sort of which was that one was also uh, good. I'm finding a theme here. I'm enjoying your <laughs> Batman writing. Thanks, um, thanks. I appreciate it. It's evolved. I feel like it's evolving. Uh, my Batman, right? He's much more. He's much. He's different now than when I first wrote him. He's more. He's. 
I, I didn't when I was writing him, I was definitely writing superhero Batman. You know, there's like the Justice Leagues in it, and mm-hmm. you know these big villains. But now, now I kind of write street level. I enjoy writing sort of street level Batman. I enjoy sort of the year one kind of Batman. That's what I'm sort of focused on now. Very much sort of on the floor. A couple of random questions that can be as quick or um, yes, as it's long really as you want. pretty quick because I have to go take care of my family. Oh, uh, I mean that's that's pretty important. Is the animals in the pit? <laughs> yes, created by you, or is it based on a true on a not a true story, <laughs> original book, an actual story. original Russian fable? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, um, terrifying and disturbing. very. Horrible, disturbing, horribly disturbing. Yes, is I, there? I, it was, it was because you know we had KGB, uh, uh, KGB age, so uh, KG beast. Sorry, uh, I got him confused. A U.S. agent in my head because <laughs> a KG, KG beast, and uh, I, I wanted to do something that had sort of a very you know old school Russian kind of feel. So I was yeah. looking for old school oh, Russian gosh. stories, and I and it was like Russian fairy tales, and I came across this one, which unfortunately was, um, you know, there's copyright rules, but it was before the copy. It was you know. Uh, pre-1927 so i could i oh. could use it but yeah that's that's um that's disturbing that is actually in there that's yeah it's for and oh my god it got you know drawn by buckingham so crazily Ugh. Ugh. nightmares i i, I um, own I, I own a few of those pages oh you do oh nice yeah. that's one those i don't have a lot of pages for my batman run but for some reason i have the, i have some of those, those not, little... in your, not in your kid's office is it yeah no my kid my kid's <laughs> office yes that has a few i have like um, one or two jorge pages i have a few clay pages i have a few finch pages not a lot is it a requirement as a writer to name streets in gotham after creators yes absolutely okay yeah. there's no other way to do it if you're, if you're reading year one every single street in gotham is, is named that's after very creator. that's very emphasized in year one yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah of course yes but you Are can you... never name them after yourself and it should be creators you can't name them. Yeah. Contempor- it shouldn't be contemporary creators. It's creators that, that the shoulders you're standing on, you should look down and do tribute to them. That's, that's yes. that should be the rule. That's a fun game as a, as a reader to seek those out um, as well. Uh, are you a yellow oval or no yellow oval? I don't mind the yellow oval, um, but my ideal Batman costume is the Jim Lee hush costume, which is not okay. the yellow. Oval. Nice. That's the, and that's, and that's what we turned it into for, 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 I, I, that that was always after after issue 50 with with the uh, lee weeks arc we we put him in the jim lee hush costume for the rest of the arc he had been the, the capullo costume which is one of the most brilliant designs ever so i do feel mm-hmm. bad about that um with <laughs> with, with with the circle with the yellow circle which is very cool and the purple yes. cape um but but i but my my favorite costume is the hush costume what would you order at the bat burger <laughs> uh um uh, what is it? The 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 two face sandwich or um <laughs> or the Robin the the Robin Some fries Robin nuggets Robin um, nuggets I'm there there we go Bat Burger Bat Burger Deluxe Bat Mite meals Night Wings Robin nuggets KGBLT <laughs> Riddle Me Fish Yes Killer Croc <laughs> Monsieur Two Fish Sandwich I th- I think the Croc Monsieur was was the, Croc the, Monsieur Okay the, the Croc Monsieur yeah that made uh, me laugh. Robin that was Nuggets very fun to put up. I I I, I did the um Finch did the the this the uh, sodas the the like weird spite, soda names spite, spite one of them I yeah, think that, that's all David Finch. I, I did the background. There's one typo of, of like an open two face sandwich. I think is the wrong. Ah. but yeah, that I, that was so much fun to write. Yeah. Um, and this will be this will be my last one. 
Uh, what what do you hope people get out of your writing? Going deep, going deep with the last one. Whoa, going deep with the yeah. last one. Um. Uh, uh, people always ask me, like, which character do you want to, which character do you want to write? That's constantly. Do you want to write Batman? Do you want to write Superman? Do you want to write Fantastic Four? And I always say, I, I don't care. Like, give me, give me Kite Man. I'll write a Kite Man story. Give me um, Batman. I'll write a Batman story. And what, what, what I mean by that, what hopefully comes across in my writing, is that everyone has a story to tell. Every single person on this street has a story to tell. And if, if, if you're talking to the most boring person in the world, you know, how did you get to be the most boring person in the world? Was did you yeah. go for a world record? And oh, <laughs> so what's the second most boring? Oh, is that really annoying to you to be the second most boring person in the world? That one guy has slightly more boring. Like every single every single person has a story and 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 is worth learning about and has something inside them that's uh, that's magical and unique and you can connect to. And and that that that's what a lot of my writing is about. People aren't superheroes. People are people. Um, and 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 we sh- and learning their stories is important. I think definitely you humanize characters, even no matter sometimes the fantastical settings, um, (laughs) humanizing and bringing humanity to characters. And that's, uh, it's appreciated, I think, and um, magnetic to, to your writing. So um, yeah, I keep promising you that I'll let you go. So I mean it this time I will let you go. Uh, Thanks so much for sitting aside almost two hours just to talk nerd uh, with me it's one of my favorite my things to do just pleasure. talking nerd thank you for saying all the nice things thank you to all your listeners for putting food on the table of my children which is the nicest thing you can do to anyone and 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 thank you for just keeping comics alive and keeping batman alive you guys are the best i appreciate it absolutely uh you do uh, a great job and um i'd say i tell other people that it's not just because i'm talking to you right now uh, i'm a big fan of your work and i appreciate it is there anything i mean people probably know where to find is there anything you want to even plug I know you're writing multiple issues. How many issues is Gotham City Year One planned to be? Six. Six. Six? Okay. All right. I yes. didn't know if it was going to be ongoing. Will, 12, six, what? I will plug that book because nobody reads it. It gets what? terrible. Yes. It, but I, I'm so proud of it. I love it so much. I wish you. I wish people would go out and buy it. When the trade comes out, please go out and buy Gotham Year One. Phil yes. Hester is killing it on art. And it's just, you know, I, I've played with noir. I've deconstructed noir. This is a pure noir. This is oozing. Just, oozing yeah, it's, noir it's just it's from the noir fire hose like go, come come and have come and have a drink of of you know sexy chinatown gotham yeah. it's, it's we I, I love that series we do wrap up episodes every month and we talk about that one that's one that we're included that me and my pal p are massive fans of that it is awesome and i was almost just gonna wait until a trade and i'm glad that i didn't because i oh it is it's stellar so huge things coming you know we wait till issue four you know now you see the origin of um of of crime alley and so the it, it, huge things are coming that are just like that where you sort of see how gotham became gotham it's cool oh so good so all right well um follow tom king on twitter at tom king tom tk king. my name there you mentions. go easy enough easy enough to follow um also make sure to uh follow batman book club on twitter and instagram at the batman bc uh simple enough there you go so yeah thanks again tom i appreciate it i appreciate you rock man.